Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is February 10th, 2022. It is currently 12.16 a.m. in the morning. Yep, it's not 2 a.m., it's 12.16 a.m. It's a little early for me to be talking to you folks, but, you know, I, I said, what the hell? Really, what the hell? No, to be honest, I was editing a wedding video and told myself, I just need a break. I just really need a break. So here I am talking to you. Anyway, February 14th is right around the corner. That's Valentine's Day, guys. And, uh, you know, I hope you got your roses on order because if you don't, you're in trouble. They're really hard to get. They're really expensive to get. You have to thank Joe Biden for that. I'm not even sure if you can get them now because, you know, you have that shipping crisis, right? That supply chain crisis that Joe Biden just created for us to make everything just more perfect. Hope you got your restaurant reservations. And by the way, if you're in Hawaii or a liberal state, you'll need one of those Vax cards, right? Because you can't be romantic if you don't show your papers in 2021. (sighs) What type of world are we living in? Anyway, people, anyway, COVID is coming to an end. Why am I saying that? Well, it's because I'm seeing state after state drop all of their mandates. Now, why are they doing that? Well, it's not because the science has changed, because it really hasn't. Omicron, like I told you from the very beginning, has been a blessing in disguise. (laughs) You know, everyone and their neighbor has gotten it. Herd immunity is becoming a real thing. Wait, wait a minute. Didn't liberals say that herd immunity is completely fake and we need to vaccine our way out of this? Well, that's completely false. Now, what changed? Well, The truckers over in Canada changed everything. Let's be very honest about that. Canada, Canada out of all nations, they are leading the charge to freedom. Now, what did these politicians see in the United States? They saw truckers drive across the country and head into the state capital of of Canada, and then they just shut down everything. Now, these trucks, they're butt up against each other. I saw it. It looks like a really bad traffic jam. And they're not moving anywhere. They're on bridges. They're on roadways. They're on parkways. They're on. They're everywhere. And uh, you know, the government over there in Canada, they actually tried to do every single trick in the book to try to move these trucks. You know, they tried stealing their gas, siphoning their gas. They tried issuing them tickets. And on top of that, they also tried to hire tow truck companies to move the trucks. Now. You know, when you move a semi-truck, you can't just use a regular, you know, towing company. You have to use one of those big tow trucks. And, you know, there's, first of all, there's way too many trucks to move. And secondly, these tow truck companies are refusing to work. Yep. And get this, the government of Canada lied. They, they came out and said that these tow truck companies, they didn't want to go against the truckers. So they refused their business. No. The tow truck companies and came out and said, we're standing with the truckers. So again, the government is continuing to lie, lie, and lie. Why are they lying? 
Why are they lying? That's what I... I don't understand that. Why in the hell are they lying? Why can't they just tell the truth? <laughs> you got me. You really got me. It's so easy to tell the truth. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to lying, if you're going to lie, you have to be a really, really good liar. And you can't lie on a massive scale. You just can't. Unless your audience is stupid. And right now, the audience in the world, they're not stupid. <laughs> Throughout the entire world, we are seeing people rise up against the mandates. You know, now this is really, really interesting because the people who are rising up against all of these mandates, they are happening in very liberal countries. You know, they're not happening in the United States as much. I mean, we're not seeing these, you know, huge protests on the Capitol, like say, for example, in D.C. You know, you, you see the capitals there in Spain and over there in Italy and France and, and, and everywhere else in Germany where people are just crowding the streets demanding their freedom back. I mean, even in France, I mean, these are very social countries. They're demanding their freedom. Countries in Europe, one by one, are easing or dropping all of their mandates. You know, Denmark, the UK, um, even Sweden, they have returned to complete normalcy. Now, Sweden, they've really never really truly locked down. And I, if you remember in the beginning, they were chastised for, um, from, from the beginning by the liberals for not locking down, right? What have we found out? That lockdowns, one, they don't work. There have been study after study. They really, really don't work. That masks don't even work either. And that even social distancing doesn't even work. So Sweden had it right all this time. The, of course, the left will never admit to it. You're not going to see Fauci saying Sweden got it right. And, you know, here's the very interesting thing. You know, I've heard Fauci and I've heard um, the epidemiologists over here in Hawaii say that we need to be more like South Korea. South Korea never locked down. Never, ever, ever. It was always open. They always forget to mention that. South Korea was very much like Sweden. So what's happening here is that state after state, they're dropping every single mandate out there, including liberal states. Now, red states such as Florida, you know, they're already fully open. But the other states, I mean, I'm looking at New York, New Jersey, California. You know, they're all, they're all dropping all of their mandates. Now, I think California is waiting till February 15th to drop their indoor mask mandate. But I'm asking myself, why do you have to wait five days? I mean, why do you have to wait five days? Why can't you drop it now? Because if the science is different now, drop it now. The science is not going to change on the 15th, so you can tell it's still political. Something's going to happen on the 15th. These liberals all, they, they all, they all take the barking orders from the top. Something may even happen here in Hawaii. You know, our governor, Ige, he kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. He can't think for himself. He just follows the barking orders usually coming down from California. So I want to see what happens on February 15th here in Hawaii. I think that'll be pretty interesting. Here's the really other interesting thing. Biden has announced plans to ease restrictions in the future. But the states, he hasn't given a date. He just says we are entering a different phase in COVID where we're going to start to see the end of COVID and we're going to start to ease restrictions. But th these other liberal states are not waiting for him. Now, here in Hawaii, uh, the good news is that we announced that in order to uh, come to Hawaii, you're not going to be required to have a booster shot. That's a step in the right direction. But like I told you before, that entire thing was a ruse. Now, why do I expect that it was a ruse? Because the day that uh, Governor Ige announced it, see, on that same day that he announced, um, he announced his plans to require boosters to travel to Hawaii, uh, what happened was that Tonga, 
had that volcano erupt and a tsunami came over to Hawaii. And he didn't issue any type of response. Not at all. No text messages or nothing. The sirens didn't even blare. And what happened? Well, a small tsunami had hit Hawaii and it caused boats at boat harbors to um, rise up and then crash down on each other. And a lot of boats, uh, a lot of docks, uh, I guess uh, they they uh, had a lot of damage done to them. I mean, I, mean I, I didn't even hear about it on the news. I had to go down to the actual dock here in Hawaii. I'm here on Oahu and take a look for that for myself. There were docks that were just completely gone. Um, boats were damaged. I mean, they were damaged left and right. This is what he did on the same day. So by him announcing this, it, it kind of moved the entire narrative from the tsunami you know, to this you know, potential booster, uh, I guess, booster requirement for people who wanted to travel to Hawaii. Anyway, Hawaii did announce just in a few days that it will, it will not require boosters to be considered fully vaccinated, but we still have our indoor mask mandates. Uh, we have been told that they expect those to be dropped within the next month or so. We still have those quarantine laws in place. So if you're not vaccinated before you come here and you don't have a negative COVID test, they still want you to quarantine for about, I think it's, I think they dropped it to five days, but it could be 10. I think they dropped it to five. Um, cases here in Hawaii are dropping extremely quick. Um, how quickly? We only have 519 cases in Hawaii right now. Now that's down from a high of 6,500, which just about a few weeks ago. So cases are dropping exponentially as fast as they appeared. Now, I predicted that. Um, where's my, I'm trying to figure out where my apology is from all of my medical friends who, who are doctors, nurses, who had told me that you know they expected 30,000, 40,000, 60,000 cases. And I told them, no, I think it's going to be closer to around, I think in about a few weeks, we'll be about 500 cases. I kind of told them that. That's all on Facebook. I didn't get an apology yet. I'm still amazed that myself, you know, I'm not no medical doctor. I'm not no epidemiologist, but I continue to get it more right. We do this for a living, the epidemiologists in Hawaii. It's simple stats. The statistical methods which I use or which I employ, I learned in high school. High school. <laughs> I didn't go to college. So why am I smarter than these epidemiologists who supposedly know everything about, you know, pandemics? So here's some really other cool stats here in Hawaii. We have a population of about 1.6 to 2 million people, you know, give or take. When you, If you count tourists and the military, you have 2 million people. If you don't, you have 1.6 million residents. Now, out of all those people, out of all those residents, only 12 people out of the entire state of Hawaii are on ventilators. Uh, that's 12 people who are diagnosed with COVID who are being ventilated. 23 um, ICU beds are occupied patients with COVID, not because of COVID. How many patients are hospitalized because of COVID? No one really knows. The state of Hawaii still won't tell us that. Unfortunately, there's no big cause for celebration yet. Even though the mandates are dropping down, liberals have still successfully changed the way votes were counted and they used COVID as the reason. Now, a million more mail-in ballots were issued because of COVID. They were issued even though the voter rolls that they used were old. That means a lot of people got two ballots. My own neighbor up the street, he got three ballots. One of my good friends, he got two ballots. That's not right. I know some people who are not citizens who still got ballots, which is pretty crazy. So on top of that, with these mail-in ballots, there's no signature validation. There's no voter registration validation. There's no address validation. These were all things that, that the Democrats sued for. Um, the mail-in ballots, by the way, the reason why a lot of Democrats want mail-in ballots uh, shipped early 
to the voters is because this helps with what they call a method called um, ballot harvesting. So what is ballot harvesting? Well, it's when a single person can come to your house to pick up your ballot. Usually that's Democrat, Republican, doesn't really matter. And they can legally convince you to vote in a certain direction. Uh, and that's not very honest. Now, they're not telling you to vote. They're just you know, supplying a little pressure. One ballot harvester can swing anywhere from 10,000 to 20,000 votes one way. Democrats tried to legalize ballot harvesting in every single swing state. So there's no big cause for celebration yet, even though liberal states are dropping all of their mandates. Now, here's something else I found out just recently. Michelle Obama, the liberals, the Democrats, they want her to run for president. And why do they want her to run? Well, they outlined it in the article. This article talked all about her female empowerment, her blackness, and how popular she was. They never addressed her stance on terrorism, the southern border, regulations on business or gases, taxes, inflation. They never talked about any solution she would ever have to the homeless problem or even the drug problem. How about the crime problem? How about her stance on free speech, big tech, and pharma? The person who penned the article, they didn't care. And this article, by the way, which was written by The Atlantic, it was shared on CNN, MSNBC, all of the left-wing media outlets, they all love the idea of Michelle Obama running for president. Now, her nomination satisfies the left's hunger for the role that they believe leaders should play on the Democrat side. It doesn't matter if they're actually qualified to lead a country. What matters is that the person who they nominate fits the role of what the woke left wants. That's the reason why Kamala Harris became vice president. The first woman vice president who has all the right minority blood, right? She's apparently Asian. I don't really understand that part because she's Indian. That makes her Asian, technically. But when you think of Asian, you think of a person who looks like me, right? You don't really think of a person who looks like Kamala. Oh, she's black. What's really fascinating is that the Democrats don't want her to run again because she's that bad. Now, meanwhile, all of this drama is happening on the left. <laughs> Here's what's happening on Trump's side. He's getting more momentum. And the leftists, there's a lot of leftists out there who are switching parties. Uh, I saw an interview with Robert Malone on Tucker Carlson, uh, on uh, Tucker Carlson Daily. And uh, he came out and said that he voted for Joe Biden. He, he donated to Joe Biden. He voted for Hillary Clinton. He donated to Hillary Clinton. He was, he was a huge Obama fan. But now he said he will never, ever vote for the, any party on the left. Joe Rogan. You know, the personality that the left wants to ban. He's a left wing. He voted for Bernie Sanders. He supports Bernie Sanders. But he's not voting for the left anymore because they're coming after him. Guess what he's voting for? He's going to vote for the other candidate, most likely Trump. And all of this is happening without Trump announcing his presidential run for 2024. I'm running into more Trump supporters than I ever did before. There's this guy who takes a jog around our uh, our cul-de-sac every now and then. Well, I think every single day. And we stopped for a single chat and we got into the topic of politics. And I told him, you know what? I'm a Trump supporter. And he goes, dude, I am too. I am too. All of the contractors who are working at my house, they all support Trump. The new guys who just came in who are doing the flooring, they're all Trump supporters. <laughs> I found out my cousin. I met with him and uh, talked to him and his wife. Him and his wife, they love Trump. It's great. It's really great. I mean, Biden supporters, where, where did all the Biden supporters go? 
What are the Democrats doing in response to Trump's growing popularity? They're weaponizing the government. You know, Adam Schiff, he's trying his best to imprison Trump. Now, Adam Schiff, he didn't find any Russia collusion. He didn't find any evidence of quid pro quo in Ukraine, even though he impeached him on quid pro quo. And then on top of that, they impeached him on the insurrection that happened over there on the Capitol on January 6th, which Trump did not plan. And number two, it wasn't an insurrection. And number three, it didn't result in the death of any Capitol police officer. The only person who did die was Ashley Babbitt, a Trump supporter. If the Democrats continue on this track, there's going to be a true insurrection on the Capitol. I, I'm just going to say this, right? That, you know, truckers will head down to D.C. They're going to block off the roads. Now, while we're on the topic of an insurrection, the real insurrection that happened was when the Democrats overturned our democracy. And how did they overturn it? They used COVID. Politicians are supposed to work for us. The majority of our nation does not want these mandates. They're not scared of COVID. They want their businesses open. They want their children unmasked. They don't want their children learning about transgenderism. And they don't want their children to learn how to hate their country. And where are the representatives to represent the majority here? They're nowhere to be found. Things are crazy in America. We don't have free speech. We have no control over our children. Do you know that a school over in Florida, they're being sued by these parents. Now, these parents, they had a child who attempted to commit suicide twice. Their child, who did not identify as transgender, guess what? Was forced to become transgender by school officials. Yes, a school counselor there, including the principal, they gave this young girl a new name, a boy's name, and then forced that young girl to attend transgender, I guess, theology there at the school. They did this all without the parents' consent. Because they thought, this school counselor thought, and many of the other school officials there, they thought they knew what was better for that child than the parents. Some counselors are mentally ill and they do this. And where are all of the liberal politicians out there who are standing up, putting their foot down and saying, no, that's wrong. The parents have the right to tell their own child how to live their own life. It's their kid. You're only a school counselor. You have no right to that child. Now, before I go, I'm going to end this whole uh, podcast on my own little story here. Um, it has nothing to do with politics, but my own experience over back in, uh, back in elementary school. Now, when I was in elementary school, I went to a school that was very, very far away from where I lived. Uh, well, in Hawaii standards, it was about maybe a two-hour drive away in traffic. And, and uh, I got a district exemption because my father worked in town. So I didn't go to a school that was right next to my house in Waipahu. I went to Kahala School. Now, over there in Kahala School, uh, my father, um, he held a contract over there to fix all of the computers. So I would see him from every now and then. I was considered a computer genius, even though I wasn't. But, you know, because I was around computers all the time, I, I knew my way around them. And um, for some reason, the school counselor didn't like me. Not at all. Okay, one day, out of the blue, one of my classmates, and I think he was autistic, he read in a book about this maneuver that the protagonist was doing to all of his enemies. It was called the trench, and it consisted of grabbing a guy's balls and just pulling at it. And what did this, my classmate do? He went around school, he went around school grabbing everyone's balls and, uh, you know, pulling on it. 
And uh, everyone was just running around. And he was just yelling, oh, I'm going to just do the trench on you, do the trench on you or something like that. And he was just going around and around and around and around. And, and uh, everyone was just running. All the guys were just running away because they, you know, they didn't want to, like, get their balls, you know, <laughs> get their balls cupped or anything or, or pulled on, right? Who wants that, right? So the end of school happened. And, then, and I'm out there waiting for my dad to pick me up. And uh, I see my friend. I said, oh, you know, I'm going to escape the day without this guy doing the trench. And all of a sudden, he turns toward me and he yells, trench. <laughs> and he starts running toward me. So he runs toward me and I evade him. And I guess when I evade him, I accidentally scratch him across the chest. But my dad's ready to pick me up. And uh, so I just, you know, I just uh, avoid him without getting trenched. And I go hop in the car and I go home. Now, the weekend comes. And I get really, really sick. Now, what happens? My, you know, I'm, I'm like really, really sick. They think I may have spinal meningitis, uh, you know, and I have this really bad temperature and everything. And I don't go back to school for about, I think about two, three weeks. I mean, it's really, really bad. Now, during this entire time, I'm getting a, my parents are getting a call uh, from the consular saying that I had physically assaulted this guy and uh, this, this student, this classmate of mine. And uh, and I, and uh, my mom asked me what happened. I said I don't know what happened. I, I, I and I really really don't know what happened. And um, and then I, I it kind of go it kind of dawns upon me. He says, well, what? I'm not sure what happened. He said I, I beat him up. I said no, I didn't beat him up. This I, I was trying to avoid him. He was trying to grab my balls. And um, so I I, I I tell my mom well he was um you know trying to grab my balls. My mom like understand. She says okay, you know she understood. My father also understood. Right now. I go back to school, and uh, I'm immediately called into the consular's office. And the consular tells me what happened, and I said, well, yeah, I was trying to evade him, and apparently I scratched him by accident. I said, what was I supposed to do? And the consular looks at me and says, you should have let him grab your balls. What? I said, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let this guy grab my balls. She says, well, you're not supposed to attack him. I said, and I told her, any guy... Or anyone who tried to grab my balls, well, they're lucky I didn't punch them. You know, I, and I told him I scratched him, not even not knowing, right? But then if he would have continued, I would have knocked him silly. So all of a sudden she tells me, oh, that's called bullying. I said, wait a minute, the guy's trying to grab my balls and I, you know, I'm the one getting bullied. I'm talking to my consular like this. I said, I really don't get it. I'm the one getting bullied. I have the right to defend myself. And she says, no, you let him grab your balls. That was the argument. So what happens? I get suspended and I get in school suspension. So I get in school suspension and for one week. So, so in, in school suspension is the worst because I would rather just be suspended and not go to school, but I don't get to hang out with my classmates. I don't get any recess. And I have to, during recess time, I have to clean up things. I don't even get to take tests. I don't even know what the hell is going on for homework. It's horrible, right? And then on top of that, my dad, who works over there, he's all kind of pissed off because I'm you know, embarrassing him. You know, he does work for the school. And he said, how can, his, how can I do all of these types of things? And then the consular is telling him some type of different story. She's telling him that I'm bullying this kid who has autism or whatever like that, right? You know, she didn't even mention the trench or didn't mention any of this. I tell my dad that story. Of course, he doesn't believe me. Now, what happens after this? Well, <laughs> Monday comes, so I get out of in-school suspension. I'm not required to come in on the weekends. But I, on Monday, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday, it, it ended. So after that, 
I'm coming out there during recess time and I'm still sick. And I still have that phlegm cough. You know, when you have that phlegm cough, you can, you can like spit these loogies like really, really far. I'm sitting on a, on a chair spitting. And uh, at the same time, this kid called Amon, and he's from Australia. And uh, he's playing this game called Smear the Queer. Now, what was this game Smear the Queer all about? It was not a homophobic game. It was merely called Smear the Queer in name only. And here's how you played it. A person would have a football and everyone, all the guys, all the boys would try to tackle the guy with the football. Simple as that. And what would you do before you got tackled? You would give up the ball. And as soon as you give up the ball, anybody else who, who captured it, all of a sudden they would try to be smeared. So Amon, I'm going to name names for this one. Amon, he has the ball. He has the football. And uh, he doesn't want to give it up. And everyone, all the guys are, are like just chasing after him because they're going to smear him, right? And he runs right in front of me at the same time I spit this huge loogie. Huge, 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 huge loogie. I mean, it was like mucus filled and everything like that, right? And it goes smack right in his face. <laughs> like perfect time. He goes right in his face. He closes his eyes. I remember the look on his face. And then everyone just just piles right on top of him and they won't stop piling on him. And we have, you know, we have like about, you know, I think about 60, 70 guys in our grade and everyone's just piling on top of him. That's not a good feeling. <laughs> and then, and then uh, after all that is done and over with, he goes to the consular. He's crying because he was on the bottom of the pile. That's never a fun thing. And because uh, <laughs> it's, it's really heavy right on the bottom of the pile. And he got smeared, right? <laughs> and he goes to the consular. And the consular, he tells the consular about the game that they're playing, Smear the Queer. Now the consular says, oh, you're playing Smear the Queer from me. Are you gay? And he tells her, I think, I'm not gay. And then she says, you're gay. That's what they're trying to smear you. Now what happens? You know, Amon starts naming names. Uh, I get involved with it because apparently I spit on him because he's quote unquote queer. And... Everyone, like all my friends who were there, you know, playing the game. I wasn't playing with them because, again, I, you know, I was sick still yet. They all get called. They all get called into the consular's office. We all get called in there, and she starts creating this fake narrative that we're out there to attack this young, innocent gay kid. And uh, you know, and we're out there playing because the game is called Smear the Queer. And she tells him, "You just wanted to, you know, smear this gay person." And he's telling him, "I'm not gay." I'm not gay. And she says, you are, because that's, that's the reason why they were trying to, trying to smear you. And we have to put a stop to this. So she calls in the parents and she says, your son is gay. And she, the, the parents are like, you're gay? Like, you're not gay, right? And she tells the parents, you're not gay. He goes, no. And again, she says, no, your son's gay. And that's why everyone's beating up on him because he's gay. He's obviously gay. So he gets, <laughs> Amon, he gets, uh, I guess, uh, a leave. He gets to leave school all of a sudden, right? Because he's like so quote unquote gay. And he keeps trying to tell his mom he's not gay. The mom keeps questioning, or the mom keeps questioning if his son is gay. And we're out there cracking up laughing. And we all get in school suspension. I just got out of in school suspension. And now I'm back in school suspension. And then my dad comes in there into the principal's office and into the counselor's office. And my dad comes back into the consular's office and he's shaking his head and she tells him, your son was part of a group out there to beat up a gay guy. 
they're bullying a gay guy. So he went from bullying this other kid who has autism to bullying a gay person. And she created this entire fake narrative. Guess what? This counselor became a principal at that school. And till this very day, I think she's retired by now. Till this very day, you know, for the longest time, I just wanted to stop by that school and just give her a piece of my mind. Because what she did, she crafted a whole fake narrative up. No one there on that day committed any type of bullying or any type of crime. The, the game was called Smear the Queer. Everyone in Hawaii knew what that game was. Even Pitmaster Keith, who I didn't go to um, high school with or even elementary school with, he knew what that game was. That was just the name of the game. She made it all up. She probably even knew the name of the game. But I, I swear, some of these counselors do this. I have no idea what it is. All right, everyone, that's it for my podcast for today. I hope you loved it. I will be chatting with you later. Super Bowl is this weekend. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I am cheering for the Bengals, just to let you know. Talk to you soon. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.